This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marshall, the goal sheet. We've got a busy Saturday and Sunday schedule. Bruce throwing in a couple of us Sunday games, go with the uh, 1 o'clock uh, triple header in the NFL uh, kick it off. We're going to get you started even an hour earlier with a couple of really nice matchups in college basketball. Let's go to the big story where they're grumbling the most, boy. Big cat country, Lexington, Kentucky. Ain't happy. Not happy at all. So Tennessee just beat the team that beat Kentucky at by 42 at their place. Now Kentucky gets to go to Tennessee. Uh, we're looking at about a 14, 15 point spread, a big one here in Thompson Bowling. Yeah, um, and yeah, to say they're upset at Kentucky, uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 hitting it right on the mark. Um, what's going on right now with Coach Cal? First of all, there's rumors out there about the Texas job being open now. Um, at least I don't. I mean, Rodney Terry's just uh, this is a long shot audition for him, but there's rumblings about Texas maybe coming after Calipari. Uh, you know what's happened here with, with Kentucky. Um, I, part of this goes to the what the product that he's putting on the floor. Um, in in general, the last couple of years um, for Calipari, his his freshmen um, haven't been skilled enough, and uh, his transfers haven't been athletic enough. Now this is now Oscar has sort of changed that a little bit because he's been so dominant down low. But in general. You know, some of the transfers that he's picking up, I mean, whether it be Mintz and Grady uh, last year, Reeves this year, these were guys, and so, well, Mintz had been at Creighton, but uh, mid-major sort of guys, uh, mm-hmm. it's not the talent level, uh, good mid-major players, but I mean, for the SEC and what, and what we're used to from, from Kentucky in the past, you got to think, I mean, to get the one and dones like he did, to get AD, to get Towns... I mean, that, they come once, twice a decade. I mean, teams like that, and, and you just can't keep thinking you can reload with freshmen. And that's why he's been going more to the portal the last couple of years because it's been harder to get those sort of, you know, one-and-dones that he got that were so dominant. Uh, but they haven't been all that great. And uh, this, this is not going too well for Kentucky. Also, against the spread, it's now 10 straight L's for Kentucky. You want to talk about getting those the big blue backers mad. Man, that'll really get under their skin if they can't cover any numbers. Tennessee, uh, simply the opposite there. Rick Barnes done a great job. They've got great balance there. Uh, you know, Viscovi and the rest, this is, a, this is a, a, an experienced team there with several different guys who are stepping up. Uh, they play at both ends of the floor. And, and right now, playing with a lot more confidence. All Tennessee has to do is avoid the Pac-12. I mean, their only losses are Colorado and uh, Arizona. Uh, neither of those came in uh, Knoxville either. The uh, Colorado loss came in Nashville, actually. So they've been very tough to beat here in the big arena in Knoxville. So I would, 
you know, let's until Kentucky covers a number, let's go against them here. This number may actually float a little higher than uh, mid-teens there. It could get up, I think, in the you know mid to higher teens, and the 16 or so wouldn't surprise me. I'd still lay it. I'm not going with Kentucky until they start covering some numbers. All right, so Bruce laying it up to minus 16 against Kentucky. And, yeah, and I think that uh, you look at sort of the uh, uh, some of the – the, the power ratings, it probably should be a little bit uh, higher than that. But, yep. uh, I mean, that is a big number. For the, uh, 0 for 11 in their last uh, 11 games against the spread. 0 in 11. Yeah, uh, I was at the Final Four in New Orleans for the uh, the AD championship is one championship. But, you know, that, that team that lost in the regional finals, West Virginia with Boogie Cousins and John Wall on the same team, he's not getting those guys. I mean, how often – how often do you have the returning player of the year, national player of the year, and you might not make the tournament? I mean, especially where he's had those uh, great recruiting well, classes. So it, it is it is d- dipped off for sure. You think, where would he be without Oscar right now? I mean, they, oh, no, they, no doubt. No doubt. They wouldn't even be a 500 team. And that's why he's gone into the portal more lately. But, you know, he's getting guys, I mean, good players, but not great players, not the level they used to have. So the talent level overall has just been down in Kentucky. And that's one reason they're not winning as much. All right. How about the state of Kansas with basketball right now? Let's talk about them. Uh, one o'clock, um, so two o'clock Eastern on ESPN two. Kansas State and TCU. Kansas number two in the country, but K State is undefeated in Big Twelve, and they've got some nice wins as well. How about their week last week at uh, at Austin? Scored a one sixteen, went one one sixteen to one o three. Beat Baylor a ninety seven to ninety five in Waco. So they come home and get by uh, Oklahoma State by eight, and now they'll go back to uh, Fort Worth to take on TCU. TCU lost a big lead on Wednesday night uh, at Austin as they came back and beat them. TCU projected to be around a four point favorite at home against Kansas State. Yeah, kind of a bad week for TCU thus far. I mean, <laughs> we saw what happened Monday night to them, the football team. Uh, they, they did get the cover at Austin, but yeah, they blew the lead, so they're not uh, too happy about that. But I think you're right, Jimmy. Uh, you talk about uh, storylines in college hoops in the state of Kansas and uh, uh, K-State. Uh, Jerome Tang, up, you know, Baylor assistant for, for a long time. I think he's got a case right now. Uh, if the season stopped now, coach of the year, perhaps. Uh, you talk about this team scoring points. I mean, 116 at Texas last week, a record-breaking performance there. One of the better storylines of the year, Keontae Johnson. Remember all the, the health scares he had at uh, Florida. Uh, he's here now scoring almost 19 per game for Tang. A lot of schools wouldn't have taken a risk on uh, Johnson, but he's but he's been really, really productive for them. And uh, like we, we mentioned, I mean, guys who get – who were transfers in there last year. Noel had been at uh, Little Rock, uh, came uh, came before last season. He's putting up some very nice numbers. So this is a team sort of built on transfers for the last couple of years. Bring the new coach in, Jerome Tang, uh, familiar with the Big 12 because he had been at Baylor before that, but uh, he knows what he's doing. Uh, at TCU, I, I, I just wonder psychologically after blowing that game the other night, I mean, that would have been a big one for TCU. Uh, they're still competitive. They're still going to get into the dance. Uh, Mike Miles has been about the hottest scoring uh, player in the Big 12 the last uh, couple of weeks. He's scoring almost a 20 per game this year. It's a similar look to what they had last year when they got into, this, into the second round and, and put up a really good fight against uh, Arizona. But I think the storyline right now uh, in this game and in the Big 12 is kind of Kansas State and uh, what Tang is doing there. And uh, the Johnson storyline is really, really a nice one. So uh, 
I mean, this you know this team can score points, and in a close game, like a lot of them are in the Big 12, uh, points can help, and you're going to get a, a couple here at least, a, a few for K-State. I think they can win this game outright, so let's take the uh, Wildcats uh, on Saturday down in Fort Worth. All right, so any type of points, Bruce? Are you taking Kansas State on the yeah, range? I think they can I, win this thing outright. Yeah. I'm with you as well. Keontae Johnson, the transfer from Florida, a shooting 57% from yeah. the floor, uh, leading the Cats in scoring with 18.5 and, and also rebounding with 7. So, And I'm going to tell you what, watching him a lot in the SEC, he is tough mentally and physically. And you, After collapsing, I think it was the Florida State game, yeah. uh, he um, – he is uh, g- yep. good to see him back in flourishing yes. uh, in Manhattan. All right, the other side of the state, Kansas, number two in the country. How about Iowa State? Boy, this Big 12 is tough, huh? My goodness, Iowa State comes in 13-2. It's a top 15 matchup in Lawrence on ESPN Plus, 4 o'clock Eastern tip-off. I'm going to say Kansas around six-point favorites at home against Iowa State, where they're not blowing people away uh, in Fog Allen. No, it's it's a lot of close uh, games there, and and uh, but they they are winning, and uh, you know they haven't uh, you know they haven't lost since the Tennessee game, so that's the only one that they lost uh, back well in earlier in pre league. So they're here again, and I, but I I think you know Iowa State a little bit more of the story here. I think what T.J. Oldsberger has done there, and what he did last year. I mean, they had really fallen off the map for prom, and the and the COVID year was just the final straw. It just went so bad. But to to rebound like they did last year, get to the Sweet Sixteen. Now this is these this is the opposite end of the spectrum here on how you rebuild your team and how you build your team because Otzelberger, it's all about the portal. And if you look at this lineup now, you might think, wait a minute, what's Saint Bonaventure doing here? Uh, because these guys, Jaron Holmes. Uh, Osunini, the center, a great defensive center. These guys were keys at St. Bonaventure for the last couple of years. And uh, he's plugged he's plugged them in like he did last year uh, with, with Kelshar uh, and uh, you know, last year Brockington. I mean, Otzelberger has put this stuff together on the fly. He did that at UNLV too uh, with a lot of transfers coming in. And there's a, a different sort of skill with that. Now, can't, now, Kansas, though, this is Bill Self. You know, the suspension early... That might have sort of worked to the benefit of this team. They sort of came together while, while Self had to step aside for a few games there. But this is where you've got guys within the program. At this, there's there's other examples where you can't just expect the guys to step up like this to the level that they were at at Kansas. But look at Jaron Wilson. He's a 20-point-per-game scorer now, and he, and he was just a, a, a rotation piece last year. Uh, for the title team. So they've got guys, uh, you know, who were stepping up, uh, you know, uh, Grady, uh, uh, Grady Dick, the, the, the freshman, he can really shoot the three. I mean, he's talking about a 47% shooter. They balance the floor and the guys step up. They know the system, but they're playing a lot of close games. And I think Iowa state might be worth a look. You're going to get, you're going to get a few points with Iowa state. Um, and again, Big 12, a lot of these games close. You know, underdogs, I think, are kind of interesting here because you got some quality dogs. This is another one. So I think Iowa State's hanging right there all the way at the fog. I can't see it being below four and a half, five. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a low point. You yeah. good with that, Bruce? Five, I think, yeah, I think five, maybe, you know, okay. six or so. But I think, No, but I'm talking about your range as far oh, as your yes. confidence on the pick. Okay. Oh, yes, yes. And I, I think we'll get at least that much. And I think uh, Iowa State, like we said, it's a lot of these big 12 games right now, I mean, the dogs are looking pretty interesting. So, I mean, this is one I, I would definitely uh, check as well. 
Well, at uh, brutal Big Twelve, but both of these uh, teams are four zero in conference play. All right, let's move on to the ACC and Duke. Another scare. They had to come from a, a double digit halftime deficit at home against the Pitt Panthers. Panthers now lost two in a row after a four zero start in ACC play. The undefeated team, who is six and zero. Clemson Tigers all by themselves atop the ACC standings that picked to finish way down uh, in the uh, in the uh, by the coaches in preseason predictions for uh, five o'clock Eastern on the ACC network. Clemson's going to be a favorite here by a couple two two or so over Duke at home. Yeah, uh, what's what's Dabo thinking now? Clemson's a basketball school all of a sudden, you know. They, um, Brown, I didn't see this coming with uh, Clemson, and uh, because I I was on them that game against Loyola Chicago in mid December, and they didn't look good at all, and I was I kind of got off the scent. Um, but um, they have played extremely well. They're 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 undefeated in ACC play right now, uh, and this can happen to a team like Clemson uh, because it's so experienced like that. I mean, most most of these guys are three and four year players for Brownell who are still there. I mean, Hunter, PJ Hall, I mean, they, they've been around and, and uh, he, he selectively went into the portal because when Alamir Dawes, the, the uh, point guard left for uh, Seton Hall, uh, he wanted to go out and get one. And he brought Galloway in from Boston college and, and he has helped. So, but that's another upperclassman. This is a team loaded with juniors and seniors, unlike Duke, which is a freshman oriented team and, and Shire, I mean, we will see how this works out. I, I mean, they were they were so um, uh, they they had to find a, a Duke guy. Um, even though I'm I'm sort of wondering these schools that keep do it that, within the family. Yeah, they keep it within the family. But the the best hire they made was ever was Shashevsky, and he wasn't from the family. I mean, he was he was from elsewhere. So they they figured they went down the list. Had Shashevsky retired eight or ten years ago, Mike Bray might have been the guy. Um, uh, five five or so years ago, it might have been Wojo, but then that sort of blew up on him at Marquette. Uh, Tommy Amaker thought he was going to get the job because he's been winning at Harvard uh, lately, but instead they go with Shire and to be determined. Now, I don't want to be too tough on Shire because there's a lot of freshmen here who he's playing, and Filipowski came up with his best game of the year the other night against Pitt, seven-footer, uh, 28 uh, points in that game. So uh, this team might grow into the season. I haven't been that overwhelmed by, by Duke. They started off a little bumpy there in uh, ACC last week, they lost big at NC State down Tobacco Road in Raleigh a few miles, and then uh, barely escaped at BC. Uh, but uh, Filipowski, uh, Mitchell, uh, Whitehead, these are these are freshmen who are starting to play better. Um, and I'm going to give them a look here because something tells me uh, um, that, Cle- that that Clemson is the, the schedule's broken also pretty well uh, for Clemson here. And they were down right at the end against uh, Clem- uh, Pitt last week. That was an eight-point Pitt lead deep into the second half and they, they caught him at the wire. But I don't know that this can continue for Clemson as much of a kick as I'm getting out of seeing Clemson do well. I think I might lean to Duke in this one. All right. Uh, Duke uh, is, uh, you know, with the witchy range there, Bruce, uh, take it even as a pick em. I don't think it'll be that low, but uh, I think it's going to be a point or two. I think you'll get a little something, uh, but uh, I, I would almost look at this one on the money line too, depending upon where, where you might get a little bit better price on the money line. Okay. Uh, and I think you, you know, Duke, 
That was okay. a good win. They came back on pit, and that was good. So this team's going to keep getting better as we uh, move. All right, moving along. Uh, ESPN National Broadcast, 6 o'clock Eastern, Arizona and Oregon. Uh, Thursday, Saturday swing uh, in the Pac-12. Disappointing team for Dana Altman this year. Arizona, disappointing loss last Saturday to Washington State at home by double digits. Yeah, I don't know what happened that Washington State game because they had won 28 straight at the McHale Center, and that was pretty disappointing. Uh, these teams are also playing on Thursday night. Now, now Dana uh, with, with Oregon, now keep in mind, they have had all sorts of injury problems. They're getting a little bit healthier. Uh, Jermaine Cousinard was one of their best portal ads from South Carolina. He had been out until recently, and uh, now he's back in, so he's starting to contribute. Uh, Rigsby, one of their uh, JC guard, who really does a lot of things for them on both ends of the court, came back in uh, December. Uh, Bartholomew, though, the transfer from Colorado, has been out since late uh, November, so they're still not at 100%, but they do have Cousinard back in there now. And I, I'll tell you, one thing that, that Oregon's got, what uh, Dana's got, he's got size. He's got those two seven-footers. And uh, Arizona, I mean, nobody physically is going to be able to ma- – now, Washington State got them uh, the other day. But Arizona went cold, and I'll give Washington State credit. But physically, to match up with the bigs that uh, – with Tubelas, who is a Euro big, because he goes outside a lot, and Balo. But th- this is one team that has the size to match up with Arizona in the Pac-12. And uh, now you, you let's see how they play out on the road here. I mean, a little tricky road trip up here. Uh, we've seen Danish teams in the past, you know, get hot. And I, I am going to do a little reach here and think Oregon's got a shot here, that Arizona might be a little bit wobbly here after losing that game to Washington State. I expect Oregon to start getting better, especially with Cusinard there, and they're a little bit healthier. Uh, they had a bad loss, though, last week at, at, uh, at Colorado, but – at home, something tells me Oregon's about to put it together. We've seen this the last couple of years from the Ducks, and I think now I'm, I'm going to project a bit here that they're ready to go on a little bit of an uplift and uh, give the Webfoots a shot. Now, Altman can coach. Uh, we know yeah. that. He's got a long enough uh, sample size to, to know that at multiple oh, yeah. stops. Uh, we'll see if he can get it going uh, on Saturday. So Oregon catching maybe about two uh, at home against uh, the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, one that you really liked is earlier today on the ACC Network, uh, Pitt, tough loss at home against Clemson in that 50-50 game. That was a real battle at the Peterson Event Center on Saturday. And then also uh, a tough one where they blew the lead, a uh, double-digit lead at Cameron Indoor. Now they travel to Atlanta to take on Georgia Tech. This is going to be about a one-point favorite to Pitt on the road here, basically a pick em. Yeah, they'll be very short favorite, I think. And I think Georgia Tech comes around right at the right time here for Pitt. Uh, I think Pastner's in trouble. I mean, they've got a new AD in there. We saw they made changes on the football side. It's not going too well for Pastner. Uh, and, and I could see him being in some real trouble before the season goes. But Pitt, I still think Pitt's kind of a go with. They did end up covering that game at Duke, even though they blew the lead. Uh, they'd been on a long point spread run uh, prior to that. Uh, had beaten North Carolina and Virginia right off the bat in the ACC. You're seeing some – now, this is uh, – Capel has built this team from transfers. But, I mean, Henson coming in from Ole Miss – uh, they miss him at Ole Miss. I mean, he has been scoring about 17 per game up front. And, and the guards who came in, uh, Cummings from Colgate, uh, Elliott from Marquette, they st- they have started to become more productive. They started about mid-December. They really started to pick up the pace. That's when Pitt picked up uh, the pace. And Jamarius Burton, who came last year from Texas Tech, I mean, he's, he put up 31 points the other night. Um, so this they've got – 
a, a good mix. They have sort of meshed together pretty well. I know two very tough losses in a row, but I like the way the schedule is broken here. I'm uh, Georgia Tech gave it a good run at Notre Dame the other night. Notre Dame's not covering numbers, so uh, but Georgia Tech thought it had a chance to win that game. So they're not going to have too many chances to win in the ACC. I think they're going to be a little bit uh, dejected after that. I still think Pitt's a go with team here, so I'll take Jeff Capel. Short price with the Panthers. I like the pit team uh, as well. Cash the ticket. Lost on them against Clemson on Saturday, but did cash the ticket on uh, on uh, Wednesday night of uh, the plus the points against Duke. You've d- you dug deep for this one, Bruce. Nobody f- can get through these 361 Division One teams like you. Towson and Monmouth, this could be a big number, about 20 Towson at home. What you looking at here? I'm anti-Monmouth here. And even the other night, that number 18, 19 um, against Hofstra, they couldn't get there. I mean, their average loss in – now, they've moved this year, Monmouth from the Metro Atlantic uh, to the Colonial. Uh, but uh, their loss in Colonial play thus far, about 20 per game, the loss margin. What has happened here? This is an example, and this is the danger of a team. Now, now Bill Self can do this because he recruits at a high level. But if you're going to fill in your, your, your roster and your lineup with, with, with reserves if, after everybody leaves, uh, this was a situation. King Rice should have gone into the portal to help his team out, and he didn't. He just used the guys from his roster, and they just weren't that good. All the starters left. They weren't a bad team last year. They won 21 games, but all the starters left. And he didn't go into the portal. He thought, okay, my bench guys, my reserves last year are going to step up. They haven't. And and the offense has been miserable. They're scoring in the low 50s. Uh, Towson's not bad. The, the upper level of the Colonial has got some teams that can play. Uh, we've seen that. I mean, Drexel and uh, and uh, Hofstra just leveled uh, uh, Rice's team. I mean, they're hardly scoring more than 50 points most nights. I'll keep going against Monmouth until proven otherwise, until they have a W. They're, they're also now six straight point spread L's. They're just not competitive. So it's Towson. Bruce Marshall, the known, uh, noted bully, uh, beaten up <laughs> on Monmouth. Not long ago, King Rice was a hot, hot name yeah, yeah. Uh, up and comer. Uh, as he got that team to the NCAA tournament. Quickly, Bruce, we're running out of time here, but Sunday, two games will start before the NFL triple header. It's going to be at noon. Uh, both of these games will start at noon, one on FS1, and uh, that is UConn projected to be about 12 at home against St. John's, and then Xavier and Marquette. What a matchup this is in Cincinnati. Boy, that was a, uh, a, a good game uh, the other night against Creighton. On Wednesday night, where Xavier hung on to win and cover, and Marquette with a big win at home against UConn. Also, they match up. Xavier's going to be about four or five point favorite at home. Yeah, uh, really quickly on that St. John's UConn. I'm uh, UConn's having a little bit of trouble right now, and St. John's put it together pretty nice against Butler. They had some tough losses beforehand. Posh Alexander starting to play better at point guard there. I think St. John's hangs within that number against uh, Connecticut. Now, Marquette Xavier. This might be the game of the weekend. I think. These teams are these teams both have chances to get to the final four. There have been times this year I've thought Marquette is the best team I've seen in the country. And what Shaka's done, he he can run this offense through two different guys. He can run it through Kolek, the point guard, about eight assists per game, one of the top assist guys in the country, and Igodoro, the six nine guy at the high post, a great passer for a big guy. This offense is a thing to watch. And they spread the floor very good. Cam Jones, you know, like like Dwayne Wade almost. I mean, he has really come up as a go-to scorer. This team, watch these guys. They are they beat UConn the other night. They're very good. Now, the, Xavier's got it going too. Sean Miller, 
Oh, Soli Boom, this guy's transferred from everywhere. USF, UTEP, he's really helped out. And that team that won the NIT last year, a lot of the same guys are back. This is the game of the weekend, I think. But I'm going to go with Marquette because I love the way they're sharing the ball. This is Shaka's best team he's had up there for sure. Better than any of his Texas teams. I think this is better than any team he had at Virginia Commonwealth. This is his best team. And I think Marquette's a team we got to watch. Yeah, Marquette, uh, Xavier, Iowa State, Kansas, and maybe, uh, you know, or two of the the top games, you know, on Saturday and Sunday. The Big East, it's a Big East Sunday on FS1 and Fox. So on Sunday, uh, Bruce likes Marquette in St. John's. Uh, plus the points there. Uh, also uh, on Saturday, Tennessee minus the busload of points against the uh, fading Kentucky. Kentucky 0-11, their last 11 ATS. Kansas State plus the points against TCU. Iowa State plus the points against Kansas. Noted Dukey, Bruce Marshall, plus two against Clemson. Oregon plus a couple points against Arizona. Bullying up against Monmouth, laying 20 in Towson, and then Pitt minus one. And, you know, it's funny, Bruce, several times you mentioned the uh, transfer portal. and uh, uh, when, when the football college football coaches are complaining about the transfer portal, uh, go see the college basketball coaches. They flip their entire roster almost year to year. Watch the game the other night. All 10 pl- players on the court were via the transfer portal. That's, That's the way the it is. That's the way yes, it is. Yes, indeed. And you know what? It's interesting with the NIL transfer portal. Maybe that's one of the things that Calipari is struggling with, how to transition and uh, adjust as well. For Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet, I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.